The season is just over a week away, but we've still got to talk about some recruiting because Florida is still active on the recruiting trail. We're going to talk about it on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Thursday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. Like, subscribe, comment, review, share. Um, September 1st at 7 p.m., September 2nd at 5.30 p.m., the social at Midtown in Gainesville. I will be there. Few other folk will be there. I'll say that. Uh, but but you should be there too. It's free to show up. It's free to hang out. Uh, just obviously pay for your food, drinks, have some fun. And once that red light goes off, we're going to have a lot of it. But right now, I'm about to be joined by John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Locked On Recruiting Insider. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Locked On's Recruiting Insider. And before we talk about recruiting, I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. And John, it, it seems like this is an evergreen conversation here for the Florida Gators at linebackers. We're in on everybody, but we're not getting anybody. But Kate Rumpies <laughs> is the latest player that we're talking about. He's committing this Saturday. What's your analysis of his talent, play, and his recruitment so far? Yeah, Kavion's super interesting. A kid, you know, 12 months ago had zero scholarship offers out of uh, the state of Virginia two-way guy he's a receiver returner linebacker pass rusher he he does a little bit of everything and and you talk about a blow up he just initially once he got on the field i think virginia offered like after his first couple of games the in-state school and then like a dozen more schools jumped in and, and he was a star really on both sides of the, of the ball to the point where they won a state title because of of a fade route that he caught over a defensive back and scored a touchdown. So yeah, his his twelve last twelve months have been incredible from a zero offer prospect to a a legitimate power five recruit. Uh, so really fascinating recruitment. You really love to see those. Those are easy stories to kind of uh, get behind and root for. So yeah, so he's instead of riding that momentum all the way to signing day, he's like, look, let me let me take advantage because twelve months ago I had nothing. So now he's he's going to come off the board Saturday, like you said, and uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, um, uh, Virginia's in there, of course, even though they changed coaching staffs. I think that hurt them just a little bit. Uh, North Carolina's probably the favorite. You know, Jay Bateman was part of that recruitment early on for the Tar Heels, uh, obviously now at, at Florida, trying to pull Kavion uh, down to the Sunshine State. But I think regionally, North Carolina makes a, a lot of sense. Uh, but you know, Florida was kind of late to this race. You know, they, I think, are the last big scholarship offer he picked up, certainly the last SEC scholarship offer that he added back in the spring evaluation period. And I think there was some back and forth on trying to to get him down uh, for an official. I don't, I don't see it on record, so I don't think the official ever happened. I know Penn State got him on campus, and they were feeling very good 
uh, earlier in the summer months. But as that summer progressed, he went back to Carolina, took that official, and then he, he was kind of shutting it down at that point. I think in that regard, it was kind of Carolina's race to lose. If you're a Gator fan, you're wondering if he was going to extend his recruitment and maybe take trips beyond the commitment or or keep the door open a little bit towards signing day. I think that's maybe your best bet in, in that regard uh, because I, I don't think he's been down in the swamp, at least intimately, uh, in, at this point of his recruitment. So it's really hard to land a, a prospect out of region like that uh, at any position. So I think that's that's kind of the uphill battle. But he only took two officials, so he does have the door open if he wants to take more trips in, the, in that regard than you, you hope to, to grab an official visit, maybe pair it with one of the big games, uh, you know, that, that that's coming to the swamp here in, in the next little bit, you know, so I think that would be the best bet for the Gators, but it looks like it was a little bit too late to, to join the race without getting a visit to win the recruitment. Uh, but look, you know, Florida has a nice start to the season and beats Utah and there's some momentum there. You just never know who you can get on campus. So, Interesting if they continue to recruit him beyond Saturday's verbal commitment, assuming he picks another school. Yeah, we'll see uh, if he commits elsewhere and then takes a visit to Florida. We'll see if his current coach is going to go cry and throw a little fit about it. Um, (laughs) but, uh, But now here's the thing with 2023, at least. Florida has struggled recruiting two positions. One of them is offensive line. The other is a linebacker. And yes, 2024 is off to a hot start with Miles Graham there. And they flipped Jaden Robinson for 2023 from South Carolina. Right. But what kind of has been the root, in your opinion, as to Florida not really being able to seal the deal with these 2023 linebackers? Yeah, that's, you know, that's interesting to me. Um, I think there's, there's always some circumstantial stuff there. Uh, obviously, again, we just talked about uh, Virginia was hurt by a coaching change. You know, I think a coaching change is always tough in some regards to to bounce back from. I think Jay Bateman being an you know an out of region guy uh, d- doesn't help with the initial returns and in trying to build. And and we all know this entire Florida class with twenty three, it was it was really a slow starter on purpose, right? You know, Billy Napier and company, they got in and they really wanted to focus on twenty twenty two. December, January, even into February, as to where most coaching staffs had already turned the page towards 2023. Florida was very meticulous in that transition. And I think that hurt a lot of positions early on. Like you said, you did flip Jaden Robinson from South Carolina, uh, but there are some some in-state linebackers that circumstantially you just kind of fell out of it for, right? Like Ruben Bain is, has always been looking at Miami more so uh, as a pass rusher. And then some out of state schools got involved. I think like Javon Brown, I think, I actually think if he stays in state, Florida's probably in the best shape, the St. Thomas Aquinas linebacker. But the last time I saw him, he's like, yeah, I'm leaving the state of Florida for college. So sometimes it's circumstantial to a degree. Um, Obviously Pop Howard, you know, picked South Carolina over Florida. I thought that was, that was a big kind of more conventional loss head to head on the trail in that regard. Um, so I, I think part of it is, is, you know, the in-state, you know, obviously Malik Bryant, if you consider him an off-ball linebacker, that one was a really big miss head to head with, with Miami. So it's, it's like Florida's right there for all of these guys finishing, you know, first or second in, in these races, but obviously it's a results business. Um, so I do think there's a combination of circumstance and there's not a lot of depth, not a lot of talent in, in the state of Florida, which is weird at that linebacker position. There hasn't been this group of five, six, seven guys that you're like, okay, all these guys are going to play for, you know, Florida, Miami, or Florida State. So I think that's kind of part of it as well. It's one of the weaker positions in the state of Florida in this cycle, which is not something we're we're really used to seeing. Usually it's everything but 
uh, quarterback or, or maybe offensive tackle is loaded in the state of Florida. Not the case at linebacker in, in the 2023 cycle. So sometimes that's a part of it there uh, as well. But I do think, again, you know, you've got one on the board. Uh, there are some targets here going forward. Again, you recruit guys who are committed elsewhere. You've already made one flip. Is that kind of just your bag for, for this 2023 class? Uh, or do you expand the board and, and allow some of these kids to rise during their senior seasons, right? A lot of these kids haven't even begun playing games for their senior year. I know down in Florida they have and some other states, but largely these seasons are about to get going across the country. And, and I think linebacker is one of those positions where you can kind of allow play to dictate positioning when it comes to recruiting. And if a kid, particularly in state, plays his way, you know, you know, up the charts, then I think you, you've, you've got a better chance to, to keep him within state line. But it's not something I would worry about to a large degree. You know, this is going to be a great class, maybe a top 10 class when it's all said and done. But it's certainly still something you keep an eye on until there's there's major change one way or the other. And then we're about to talk about another defender that the Florida Gators are targeting. But first, a quick word from LinkedIn. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people that you want to interview faster and for free. If you've never used LinkedIn Jobs before, I highly Highly recommended. That's how I got my last job before lockdown, which I do like. I like that one, but I like this one a lot more. With simple tools like screening questions, it makes it easy for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and potentially hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week? Nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college. That's linkedin.com slash lockdown college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Joining me again for Lockdown Gators is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting, Lockdown's Recruiting Insider. And we're still talking Gators defensive targets. This one uh, feels a little safer for the Florida Gators and safety Bryce Thornton who is he as a player oh just a, a super versatile athlete you know his 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 older his father played ball in, in college college football of course his older brother's a basketball player at, up at Ohio State I mean just a, an interesting family and Bryce has a lot of those qualities in in his own game you know he played offense running back receiver kind of was a gadget player for Milton which is, is one of the better high schools in the Atlanta area uh, but defensively just all of it comes together with him as a safety the iq the instincts the athleticism the ball skills there's just an awareness to this kid's game not the most physically intimidating not you know he's not cam chancellor or one of these safety types from a physical perspective but man he is great in the margins and i think you always need that you know in a pass first nature of of today's game and and he could be a nickel he could be a safety he could be a guy who plays deep or near the box uh, again the instincts are off the charts here and and he's never really been able to focus on one position and we already see that on tape so actually focusing on the safety spot or the nickel spot or whatever it is next year when he gets to college i think that just increases uh kind of the, the potential for a kid like that's game so yeah he's he's one that every time you watch him you just kind of like him a little bit more so i expect his recruitment to it's already hotly contested but i expect it to be a nice little battle here over the next few months yeah and i mean just talking about his recruitment it, it feels like late i mean there's no official recruitment there's no official commitment date set but right. it feels like 
but literally just based on what I'm seeing on social media, um, that it, it's kind of a two horse race right now with Florida and Alabama. Is that accurate? Is there someone that we should be looking out for? I know he's a Georgia kid. Is that something to be concerned about? Yeah, I mean, he's you know Atlanta kid, like like we said, major you know powerhouse type program at Milton. So yeah, you you wonder if the Bulldogs get involved, especially since they missed on a couple safety targets, even in their own state. So you wonder if down the line, again, as these senior seasons begin and, and get rolling, and you kind of reevaluate if if the priorities start to shift. But it's not like Alabama's a slouch in that regard, uh, of course, either. So you know that will be interesting to track. I know he's going to take visits during the fall. He's going to take in games at certainly uh, in Tuscaloosa, certainly in Gainesville. Uh, but really, even though he's a Georgia kid and, and you would kind of perceive that as a classic, I guess, Kirby Smart, Nick Saban kind of battle, you know, he's he's really liked Florida for a long time. You know, he's taken a bunch of trips to Gainesville, I think three already this year, uh, and he's already got another one penciled in. I mean, that, that, that says a ton about a kid's interest. Um, and people sleep on that distance. The Atlanta to Gainesville, right on 75, it's it's not the furthest trip in the world. You know, you're talking on a good day, obviously, traffic-wise, you never know. But, you know, you're talking five, six hours, worst-case scenario. So it's really not this, you know, oh, he's going all the way down to Florida. It's really not that type of scenario. So I do think the Gators stay heavily involved and, and maybe profile as the favorite uh, for this prospect. And and they're all, all of a sudden, like we talked about off air, Brandon, building this massive defensive back class, there's corners, there's safeties, there's hybrids. There's a lot of things involved in this, in this DB group. And it's kind of what you would expect, right? You're overhauling an entire roster and you need to get your guys. And, and when you've got, you know, some of these, these big name coaches, you know, Billy Napier, obviously Corey Raymond involved, it, it's going to be very specific and, and very successful more times than not. So, yeah, I think uh, a head-to-head win optically over Saban would certainly, you know, bode well uh, for Florida in this race. But like you said, it appears as if there's probably some time between now and a final call. But I, no, no matter when Bryce makes it, I do think that Gator hat will be, you know, really close to to his his reach you know when, when that ceremony begins because it looks like they'll be you know top two or 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 not even top two top one you know when all is said and done in, in this one so yeah definitely a prospect gators fans need to focus on consistently okay so i will be fully prepared for him to do the whole pick the gator hat up put it down thing <laughs> what everyone loves doing at this point um with bryce thornton specifically you mentioned you know versatile player uh, not the most physically imposing, like you said. He plays for a powerhouse program. What are the odds that we see him kind of make a rise in the rankings throughout this fall? And I'm going to be completely honest. I am asking this because, of course, it's blue chip <laughs> Billy. He's not a blue chip yet, but we got to watch that blue chip ratio. So, yeah. as Thornton sees a climb. Look, I mean, he's at like 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 you said, he's at a very visible program. Milton's going to be on in the local Atlanta TV market. I haven't looked, but they probably got an ESPN game somewhere this year. I mean, he's going to have eyeballs on him during this season. And again, the more you watch him, the more you like him. He's not hes not your, your classic easy rising prospect where he's like 6'4", running 4'4". He's a great basketball player. It, it also depends on who's making the rankings, right? You know, depending on what you value as, as an outlet and as a group, you know, I don't know if Bryce fits all of those boxes, but if it's about football and getting better and projection, which is literally the base of what we're supposed to be doing, 
yeah, there's there should be a lot of room for him to improve. Again, the instincts, the ball skills are already there, and he's not been able to focus on that position. So as he expands that as a senior, I think he'll have more examples and consistency around his playmaking ability as opposed to being known as a, a gadget guy who can do a little bit of everything. Maybe he can be more explosive and and specifically good as a safety, and that will help others you know, catch up to, to what the tape shows us. And then we're about to talk about the schedule that Utah visits right now. Maybe there's going to be more, maybe less, who knows. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, still joining me is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. And we're talking about these Utah visits because the game is, I mean, at the time this release is nine days away. So we're getting real close to that Amen. time. Amen. And don't, Amen. hey, I, I don't try to wear Utah colors on this pod. I was, you know. It was an that's early morning. We were just trying to get going here. So don't, that, don't, get, don't come to my DMs there, Gator Nation. I'm not coming to your DMs. I'll be in Florida next week. So you're getting hands. I'm going to know that. Amen. Right Love it. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so Florida's got four 2023 visits currently set up for that Utah game. Cormani McLean and Dijon Johnson will start with them. Could we see that Utah game kind of seal the deal for either of them? They get to be near this program on a game that you get to be in the swamp for a power five game first game under billy napier just could that atmosphere kind of make him go i could see myself playing here for a few years it certainly won't hurt brandon there's there's really no doubt about that uh, i think for cormani you know he's just unique you know he handles things his own way there i don't know if he will ever tweet out a commitment date or his plan or any of that kind of stuff. And even when you talk to him, which we've done, gosh, over the last you know two years, he's never really going to fully lay it out for you. Kormani is, is a wild card. It's just going to pop one day and that's going to be it. However, he chooses to release it. So I don't know if one singular thing is going to put him over the top. I do know a lot of schools want him to visit for games this fall. Uh, and it's still a very, I mean, this is the number two player in America. So this is a very, very highly contested battle. So I would be somewhat surprised if this visit, at least from a timeline perspective, ends the process. Now, privately, could something like this put Florida over the top and he just doesn't say anything for four months? Possibly. But publicly and intangibly, it's going to be hard to identify this game and this visit as something that puts Florida over the top. I, I guess for good is what I'm trying to say. Because we know he's going to be in Tuscaloosa. He might pop up in Athens. He might pop up in Coral Gables uh, or Miami Gardens, technically, in that regard. So I'm not sure if one visit will will do that for him. But look, starting the visit slate, wherever you start it, is a big deal. Because now you're creating those in-season impressions. And there should be a ton of excitement, like you mentioned. There's not a whole lot of P5 versus P5 battles on your home turf to start a season, right? Uh, so, so you got to take advantage of of what should be a great atmosphere. Utah's a darn good team, as as everybody knows or everybody will know here soon. Again, it seems like they're underrated every year. So it should be electric in the swamp. There's really no doubt about it. And recruiting should always mimic what perception tells us relative to a game day itself. You know, so Oregon, Georgia should be pretty wild. Uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State should be a great atmosphere. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I do think Florida, Utah is is one of those those biggest games of, of the entire weekend. So I do think it should it should correlate towards recruiting. Um, but I don't know if we'll feel it as much with Cormani relative to some others. So with Dijon, uh, I do think it's it's a little bit more tangible, right? Decommitted from Ohio State late in the summer. 
and some very clear contenders in the race, right? Um, the Florida had him on campus right before that decommitment. Miami was supposed to get him on campus before the decommitment. The trip didn't happen, but Miami did send an official offer. Alabama sent an official offer. So again, we're, we're talking about the same teams for these 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 DB prospects, you know, for, for the most part. So it's going to be interesting to see how those dominoes fall. But I do think uh, DD is a little bit closer towards wrapping the process up. I think his his list of contenders is smaller. And his, uh, I guess, desired experiences are, are a little bit more narrow as well. And again, we've talked about his probable desire to stay a little bit closer to home. So again, I think, you know, Alabama being in it is interesting, but I'm not sure how um, how much movement there could be there. I think Miami would be maybe the dark horse to keep an eye on if, you know, he, he continued to take visits and he actually got down to Coral Gables and all that. But look, there's really no doubt that even before, the Ohio State decommitment went down. Florida was trending. I mean, we were there at FNL. We saw the attention. It was, it, it felt, you felt it, right? Um, so I, I think that's still the case for Florida, even without this upcoming trip. So a return visit, which means two visits in a row now to, to UF over any other school. I mean, that starts to tell its its own story. And I think that the ball is certainly in Florida's court with, with regards to Johnson's recruitment as it stands right now. The only worry point from the Gator perspective for me would be if you start to extend it and now he takes other visits and he's taking officials and he's considering a decision closer to signing day, then you say, okay, well, maybe we're going to you know lose some of that, that big lead that we've built. But if it's sooner rather than later, uh, I think you got to feel really good about about your chances. And and look, Corey Raymond's on this one personally. It's, it's just hard to imagine him missing on, all uh, all these top top targets he's already landed several but with with these two mclean and johnson i mean you you got to feel good if you split uh, and, and you grab one of them they're both big corners different corners but both big corners very confident ball skill oriented corners uh so you gotta it feels like you gotta grab one of them to wrap up the cornerback class and then you could focus on bryce thornton and some of these safety prospects that are still on the board uh going forward yeah and then i mean you mentioned you know Corey, uh, Corey Raymond out here recruiting everybody and yeah. Alabama sending an offer. And there's an, there's an offer that Alabama sent that uh, sent some Florida fans into a little bit of a tizzy with cornerback commit Sharif Denson. <laughs> I know that we've said it before. You're like, look, you're a flip candidate until you're not, until you sign that LOI, you're, you're not a, then you're not a flip candidate, but is there cause for concern? about Sharif Denson getting that Alabama offer, seeming excited about it, taking it off, taking a visit. Should Florida Gators fans be concerned about that? I think mildly, sure. I mean, but but again, you look at it from his perspective. If you, you know, if Bama comes through with the official offer and pushes and like, hey, come up to campus, no matter what's going on, that's something you at least consider, right? I mean, it just, it, it just kind of is what it is. It's, you know, if you're working for, you know, a local company and Google calls, like you're probably going to listen at least. So I think in that regard, it's just normal human due diligence. It's nothing too crazy to read into. Um, this Florida class is, is loaded at that position. And look, Denson today might be, you know, the best DB they've got in the fold right now. So I, I do think that he he knows that. And and look, he's he's really comfortable and connected to this this Gator program, right? He was another guy who was, you know, VIP treatment at FNL, showing other guys around, really calm and, and kind of casual with it. He'll be back, uh, I'm sure, for the Utah game and other games. Uh, so, you know, you you feel good about that standing. He's an in-state kid. The Jacksonville kind of um, effort initiative, whatever you want to call it, that Florida's been under, he's a very big part of that. 
So you feel good in all those regards. And obviously, Corey Raymond, on the, on the surface level, you feel good head-to-head -head with just about anybody, for especially for a corner. I think with safeties and versatile guys, nickel types, okay, maybe. But when it comes to corner, you you got to feel good about any battle that you decide to jump into, much less one that you've already won, much less one that's in-state at that position. So I, I think you worry mildly, but just on that surface level, that is, like you said, the same with – all the guys who are unsigned, which is all of them at this point, you know, you you're a candidate until you're not. Uh, so I, I think it's it's just classic recruiting there. Uh, look, Bama's DB class is filling up too. There's not a whole lot of space there as well. So we're talking McLean, Dijon, Sharif, all all these guys can't end up there as well. So I think numbers wise, you got to feel good about holding on to Denton as well because we know. Again, McLean is, is where all this conversation begins, and we also know there's no true timetable for when something's going to drop. The last he told our crew who went up to go see him at practice was, I'm going to announce something about an announcement in September. So it's like <laughs> nothing. There's nothing there tangibly. So maybe in September he says, hey, I'm going to come in on signing day, which is like, okay, cool. We've been saying that for two years. So it's, it's really hard to imagine those other dominoes falling first for some of these other programs with McLean still out there. Yeah, and uh, I mean, DB's obviously the focus here for the Florida Gators. Cormani, Dijon, Sharif, Denson. Uh, Dijon maybe would have been committed if a few people didn't jump the gun consistently oh with him. I'm not going to let them know. You suck for that. I'm just, I'm just not them know that. I want them to know that. Everyone um, has a role in this, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that was it for John Garcia. Thank you so much, John, for coming on. And I mean, you're going to see him on Miami, but you don't have to watch about, you don't have to worry about locked on canes. It's not something we, uh, it's not something we concern ourselves with now. It's football season. This is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow as I'll be joined by Hayden Hansen, Florida Gators freshman tight end. We're going to talk about this football team. Now make your second listen, Locked On SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage in the best conference, including the best university, University of Florida. And I was on yesterday's episode, so be sure to check that out for Locked On Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole9Sports and GiantsCountryFSI.com, and I'll see you all tomorrow.